Greetings, beloved ones. I just want to let you all know that before we begin this episode, Baba Falea is still doing Ifa readings, but it is not under the OIDSI umbrella um, or the Ile that he's referring to in this episode. However, if you are still interested, you can reach out to him and he is still giving Ifa readings. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to a little juju podcast. This is a podcast all about honoring our ancestors, black ass spirituality, and our variety of various beautiful indigenous, black indigenous spiritual practices. This is about walking in alignment with our destinies and just doing a damn thing out here and getting free. Like, what else could it ever be about? It's about a little juju, using the juju that you got in you, the juju that you do. To live the lives that we deserve to live and make sure that our ancestors are proud of the lives that we're living and that we are creating and cultivating lives for the future generations ahead. And that's on period. I don't know what else to say about that. On that note, we're going to drop this intro. Welcome to the show. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Camfer no say. And I'll never give play. I'll take your photos to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my bay to make them stay. Cause I hate when Bailey's, but I manifest a little with my Bailey's. I'm my ancestor's baby, so I give them everything that they gave me. Yeah. Hi, y'all. <sighs> Wow, so this was our first time, you know, trying out the bi-weekly method. I, I think it went well. I appreciate the people who reached out to me and were like, girl, it's okay to make the show bi-weekly because now I can go back and listen to old episodes and I always learn something new from old episodes and you need to take care of yourself. So I appreciate the people that just affirmed me in making the show bi-weekly because it really was hard to put out a a weekly show. And even though it was weird not to have an episode last week, it feels good. It feels less, it feels less stressful. Like it's something that I can, again, be inspired by and come around to and have time to think through and process and edit. So I think we made a good decision. I'm saying we because we made it. (laughs) We made this together, (laughs) y'all. So I appreciate y'all so, so much. I'm very excited for this episode. So this is not going to be a full episode of me running my mouth, unfortunately, but um, we have an episode today with my godfather, Annie Fa. So I know a lot of people have been asking me, can you please do an Ifa episode? And I know it has actually been a really, really long time. But you know, I I, I really ground this podcast <laughs> in like a hoodoo framework and perspective a lot of the times just because, and also just general spirituality uh, yeah, process, I guess, sometimes because, oh, come on, car, don't be beeping now. I'm trying to record here. 
Um, because I, I, I feel like there's so many... It's not what there is, but I feel like there's always, you know, a lot of conversation around the Orishan, a lot of conversation around Ifa, and that there's so many different spiritual practices um, that our ancestors have and and are and created and that were destroyed and colonized. So I try to often uplift ones that I feel like don't get as much, you know, talk about. But of course, y'all know I am an a, a devotee to the Orisha. So I had to have my godfather on here and I had to have someone who has helped me better understand the tradition, but also like understand myself, understand my path, what I need to be doing out in these streets, you know, how I need to be moving out in these streets and how I can be a better individual, how I I just... And, and heal, most importantly, and heal. So I'm very, 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 very excited to share this interview with you. Um, before we jump into the interview, I do want to shout out my patrons and talk about how you all can donate to the podcast. And then after that, we're going to get right into it. All you need is a little juju. So as I say every week, this podcast takes a lot of labor to create, and it also takes money to create. Um, So there are a myriad of ways that you can donate to the podcast. We're going to start off with the monetary ways that you can donate, because we know there's so many ways to send, extend energy and love to the show and to anything. But first, we're going to start off with the coins, because... The coins matter. (laughs) So one of the first ways that you can donate to the show is through Patreon. Patreon is a a commitment-based monetary donation um, platform that you can donate. What I ask is $3 a month. Some people donate more than $3 a month. And you can donate less than $3 a month. It is up to you and your pockets. But it is a monthly donation that will come out your account every month, $3 to to Juju this month, um, which helps sustain this work, which helps sustain the podcast, which allows me to be able to pay folks to help edit, um, to pay different platforms, to pay, just to do all the podcasty things that we need to pay for, um, new materials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, your donations and my patrons, I'm really thankful for you all who help uh, donate to the podcast in that way. So let me shout out to my patrons because I got a good amount of patrons this week. Well, this, this by week. Okay, so big shout out to uh, my new patron, Alexandra Larena. Thank you so much. Um, I got a pledge by M. Thank you, M, for becoming a patron. Aria Macabre. Macabre? I'm not sure. I'm sorry, Aria. But thank you for becoming a patron. Um, I want to shout out Lauren Soleil for becoming a patron. Thank you, Lauren. And Tay. Thank you so much, Tay, for becoming a patron this week. Again, um, I really, really don't play. Y'all know when people send me money, when people become patrons, cash apps, all of that, I don't play about the energy of money. I'm very appreciative of it. I'm grateful that people share that energy with me. So I pray that the universe shares it with you all right back like tenfold the energy that you give to me. um, It's 
deeply appreciated and used um, to do this work. And so I just thank you all for believing in this work, for believing in me doing this work and supporting me and showing me your support through the energy of money. It is, I don't take it lightly. And so I'm just sending you all so many of the blessings that you all send me just by becoming a patron and, and committing to sustaining this work and helping me do this work because it's, it is a mighty work and I need all of us to, we need all of us to do it. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So yes, Patreon is the first way that you all can help support. Um, second way that you all can support is through Cash App. If you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do a monetary, you know, commitment of $3 a month, but I can send you a little extra coin when I got it on the side one time. That's cool too. So I have a Cash App. So my Cash App is dollar sign I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. It's Jujube. So you can always, shout out to the folks that always just hit me up on out the blue. I just be going to my Cash App, seeing a little coin like, hey, thank you. Just for the podcast, for an episode that you liked, for some advice that you liked. Um, that's always appreciative. So thank you for paying a black woman, paying me. Um, really just to, to, I don't even know. <laughs> Thank y'all for seeing in me what you see in me and then sending, sending love through money in that way. Um, I also have a PayPal. Um, my PayPal is the jujubay at gmail at gmail.com. You can also send uh, a one-time donation. If you got a little extra corn, you want to send a little love in my way. I always appreciate the PayPal. Uh, donations too. And uh, the next way to donate to the show is just to tell people about it. The next way to help sustain the show is to recommend it to other people who are looking for podcasts, who aren't really sure. They're like, they want to learn more about the ancestors, but they don't know who to go to. They feel like they don't know what's going on in the world. You can lead them here. Um, so a lot of people do that. People tagging me on Instagram, like you should check out this podcast. Juju Bay's dope. You've checked her out. Like all of that are ways that help this, this work grow. All of that helps get the message out to people. And that is the whole point of why I do what I'm doing. <laughs> so those are all very important ways. Oh, oh yeah. And don't forget, please rate and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you write a little review, that is extremely helpful. When you uh, rate the podcast five stars on whatever listening platform you're listening on, if they have a rating system, rating it, you know, the highest rating or whatever, that also helps me continue to do this work. That also gets the juju gospel out there. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who donates to me in so many ways, even if it's just through you sending me a DM and saying, thank you so much. I appreciate your podcast. I love your podcast. I'm grateful for you. That all makes a difference to me and it is wildly appreciated. Um, <clears throat> you know, I also have a little book list. You can always donate to send me a book. <laughs> I like a book. Um, and just so many other things. You can also just donate to my life by booking a reading with me, of course. Um, a lot of folks who I've gotten readings from uh, were listeners of the podcast. And I'm sorry, who I've given readings to were listeners of the podcast. And they've just been so great. Y'all are great. It is amazing to interact with y'all in this more like intimate way. Like I'm sort of just like speaking into a mic at people um, most of the time. So I'm really feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> so when I've been able to talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, they're like, oh my God, I listened to the show and I love this episode. Or can you talk a little bit more about this thing that you said on the show? It's like, okay, like I get to talk to a listener. Like, 
we get to really be like one on one on the phone, like he can, like homies. <laughs> and it's really cool. I, I love that. I really, really love that. So thank you to everyone who has booked a reading with me. Um, <clears throat> you can also do that on my website, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E at dot com. Oh my gosh. I haven't recorded in so long. I done forgot the script. <laughs> oh, child, forgive me. I didn't tell y'all I've been in the house of strep. It's been child, the devil. Anyway, so yes, let's get into this episode and yeah, just let's get into this episode. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so this interview with my Baba is, (laughs) y'all, he had me cracking up the whole episode, Uh, but I just wanted to do a little intro here and just to say thank you um, to him because obviously I know he's listening Y'all, this interview, not even just this interview, not this interview, my relationship with my godfather has been so good. And and I'm like a a godchild that is not where my Ile is centrally. Like my Ile is located in in Virginia and y'all know I live in Chicago. So like I am away from my Ile home. So I'm not, I don't get to be there and sort of take part in the regular, like, the happenings of what's going on. I don't get to know necessarily my God siblings in the same ways because I don't live in, I don't live in Norfolk. But I still feel very, feel very much connected to the tradition. I still feel very much connected to my Ori and and to my Godfather because of how active he is in my life. Like, I mean, I call him about anything whenever and you know he gets back to me I don't even know how he how because I know I ain't his only godchild and I know I'm not the only one calling him (laughs) so I still don't even process how our elders manage to to take care of so many godchildren it baffles my mind but I watched my godfather take care of me and give me like amazing readings thoughtful readings straight up readings so kind so loving like wow why do I feel like I'm about to cry (laughs) whoa um hmm I do know why I'm about to cry because I'm a cancer (laughs) a triple cancer but also and also um you know having positive relationships with with men with like black men has not always been my that ain't, you know, cause you know, we just know how, how shit be, how, 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 how should be. And so to find someone that I feel like has embraced me, like as a child to find someone who has, um, who I know cares about me and my and that I'm walking in alignment with my destiny and who wants to see me do well and will help me do well and whose readings are on point and assist me in doing well. It's just like blessed, 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 blessed. He has been a blessing to me. Being a part of this house has been a blessing to me. And so I knew that we would have to have an interview so that you all could um, not even just learn more about Ifa and my specific lineage, because it is not like, you know, if you are, if you practice Ifa and you listen now, or you're an Orisha devotee, you know, some things, you know, are going to be different 
for you because this is not this is not Isheshe, which is traditional um, Ifa. This is not Lukumi or Santaria. This is, you know, the organization OIDSI. Um, so I, I wanted to share this this the, our framework with you all. Um, and, and a lot of what attracted me to this lineage with you all, which I think you all will be able to see throughout this interview and figure out throughout this interview. Um, but I just wanted to just shout out my, my, my Baba. I just say thank you so much. You know, he not really all soft and stuff like me. I'm just real soft. Like, I just be got giving that people flowers while they can still smell them. Like, so I, I appreciate that man. So um, I just wanted to do this little intro to just say that. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to say no more. We're just going to let this interview ride. Um, I do want to uplift though, that I know a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, oh my gosh, you have elders. Like, that's so amazing. How did you find elders? How do you, I want an elder. I've been looking for an elder. I just got into the tradition. I need an elder and I'm, I ain't gonna lie. We need elders out here. We need our elders. We need people around us to guide us and assist us who have been doing this work, who have studied, who have relationship with spirit, who have a relationship with oracles so that they're able to guide us so that we are better able to navigate our paths, but also be patient. You know, I did not find my godfather, this godfather off the jump. Like I've been through multiple godparents. (laughs) I've been through multiple godparents. I have varying levels of stories about different godparents um, and elders. So be patient. Your ancestors will always guide you where you need to be. And that's what I tell people all the time. And I know sometimes that sounds frustrating, like just wait for the ancestors, but like, yeah, be patient and, and wait for the ancestors. Sometimes it's not time to have, it's not time. It's just not time yet to have an elder in the ways that you might be thinking Um, sometimes our elders are right in front of our faces. Sometimes our elders are in our families and we're just not talking to them. So, you know, just want to say that and, and just be patient in your process. If you are right now trying to figure out where's my elder, where's my elder, where's my elder, they will come to you. Keep doing your work. Keep talking to your ancestors. Keep being consistent about doing your healing work and the rest will come. And I promise you, I promise you that. And on that note, let us get into this interview. Hope y'all enjoy. Hi, Baba. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, too. I'm really grateful and excited for this interview because I feel like I'm going to get some questions answered for myself. And I know a lot of the listeners have been asking for, like, we want to hear about Ifa. We want to know about the Orisha. So I was like, well, let me just bring my godfather here. So for those who don't know, um, I am a part of a particular lineage, Ifa, which I've sort of talked about. And so um, who I'm interviewing today is my godfather, uh, Baba Lau in the tradition and we'll talk a little bit about what that means but just so y'all know this is my godfather so I'm letting, giving y'all access to somebody that I really care about and loving who has uh, really helped change my life um, through embracing me in this particular lineage so again just thank you thank you thank you uh, okay so who are you what is your title uh <laughs> I am I won't if I lay in Shango Sheyun, Fayeme Pega, Adesanya, Awayade. It's a lot. 
Ashley. And there's some other names. There's a, a bunch of other names, but uh <laughs> go into that. <laughs> so you have all these names. Is that because you are a Babalao? Uh it's it's I'm a priest of Ifa, priest of mm-hmm. Shango, priest of Egbe, and Egungum. So each every t- every time you become a priest, or what they would say in the Santeria Lucami, crowned uh mm-hmm. uh receiving this Orisha or energy, uh, you get a name. So that's why I have so many names. And then the last (laughs) part of the name uh, speaks of the lineage or the family that, the lineage that initiated me. So Mm -hmm. I was initiated um, in Oderemo, Nigeria, um, under the Adesanya Awayade lineage. Mm, Okay. And so what does it mean to sort of um, be a Babala, which is, I guess, like a high priest is how I usually describe it. Um, but what does that mean? What is your responsibilities as a Babala? Okay. So uh, Baba is the Yoruba word for father. Awo is secret. So Babala was father of secrets. So mm-hmm. uh, my responsibility uh, well, it depends. Is it responsibility to myself and my family or community? And because um, every every uh, priest of Ifa or Babalawo is not uh, a community priest. They may be a, uh, become have become a priest of Ifa for a uh, purpose of taking care of their family or saving their family, and then others are community priests where they will uh, do divination and work for the community as well as their family. So every priest does not have the same path. So my response, I'm pretty much a community priest. I have godchildren. Uh, I do work for my family. I do work for clients that come to me uh, for divination and, you know, to shift and move energy for them. Mm-hmm. So how did you sort of find Ifa? How did you find this tradition? I mean, I feel like a lot of people aren't born like, I want to grow up and be a Babalao. I want to grow up and be a priest, you know, of Ifa. So how did you get into this? Like, how did it call you? Honestly, I was was trying to find out what uh, our ancestors were doing before we were force-fed white Jesus. That's yeah. I'm sorry. That's that's what. It, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Ain't no sorry. <laughs> so okay. After some research, you know, I uh, came across Ifa and the Orisha, and just started reading more and more. And then I went and got a reading from um, a Babalawa who is now my Luo Obafemi Fayemi, uh, and uh, what does that mean? My Luo. Your Olu. Yeah, he's he's my godfather, and he's my god in my mm-hmm. priesthood as well. So it's a title, mm-hmm. it's a title for him. It's a chieftaincy for him. The Oluo is mm-hmm. is like he owns a house, owns an ile. So my godfather, before he was my godfather, I went and got a reading from him. And he threw a chain down, or what we call an opale, um, and he told me my life. He told me a bunch of stuff that he should not have known about me, and I looked at him and I said, mm-hmm. "Yo, man." You got all that from that chain? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I said, you know what? I need that in my life. <laughs> I say to that. So, you know, I received my, um, my um, Ishe Fa, which is receiving your hand of Ifa. And uh, after that, 
the old dude that came down for me when I got my hand, my first hand of Ifa was that I was someone that would be good as a priest. And so then I just mm. continued studying and then it finally hit the mat that it was time for me to receive Tefa, which is becoming a priest of Ifa. So that's what I did. And on, on, you know, I, I had knowledge, but not a lot of knowledge of what I was really getting myself into. And so uh, it's been a learning process uh, because a lot of people mm-hmm. in Ifa are what some would call a Risha tradition. They get caught up into the external things of the Arisha and, and going to and making offerings and praying for uh, to the Arisha and these external energies but these energies reside within us as well um and then they really don't get into the deeper healing work that ifa causes you to go through to try to get you on the path to fulfilling your destiny so Mm. it's a lot it's a lot sometimes yeah Yes, it is a lot sometimes and I ain't even nobody's priest. I feel like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> okay, so I actually just kind of want to ask, what is Ifa? You know, how would you describe it to someone who is asking you who never heard of it before? So loosely, I mean, there's no real, no one comes with one definition. You have somebody, oh, it's this, it's that, it's mm-hmm. da, 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 da. I don't, I don't get into the right or wrong thing. But loose, Ifa would is the spirit and energy of your of of your destiny. It can also be said to be the Ifa is the wisdom of nature. Nature never lies. It is always mm-hmm. consistent but ever changing. It never lies. Um, but most people like to say Ifa is the uh, spirit and energy of your destiny. What you came here to do. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, some people say, well, your destiny. You chose what you're going to do when you come here but you have free will on this path here. And so uh, what we would call your Ori and your ancestors tried to keep you on the path of doing the things that you say said you were going to do before you got here, even if it's rooted in you may have some karmic debt from a previous lifetime or whatever, because in uh, Ifa, there is a belief in reincarnation. So you live many lifetimes and, you know, as you live your life, you may have done some things. And because in Ifa, there is no heaven or hell. It's only karma. What you send out has to come back to you or what the Bible says you reap what you sow. So you may not pay in this lifetime, mm-hmm. but you're going to pay at some, you're going to experience that at some time. So if you abandon your family in another lifetime, you would definitely have to experience what it feels like uh, to be abandoned in in um, in another lifetime, whatever it may be. Hmm. 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 that's a lot. That's I could ask so many questions with, <laughs> with that. Um, but um, going back to Ifa and just sort of like it being our destiny, and I also you know when I've done some research and spe- specifically to our lineage, even it just talking about it as a science, like it is a science. It's not just some like um, I don't know, just just sort of like how people, some people think about religion, just like some foo-foo stuff that people made up. But this is actually like based in the science of our ancestors and like of specific people who like trust, who you were talking about nature and nature never lying. So it really is like a science of nature and using that to be able to 
live and walk on our path and be our highest selves and do the work within our highest good. Yes. So uh, the thing is, we say the, the, the science of nature and the, the science that our ancestors used, but it is, Ifa is just, you know, what is called in Nigeria with the, the Yoruba people. People of Benin will call it Fa. Mm-hmm. You talk to uh, the Native American, they have their own nature-based spiritual system. I don't know what it's called, but indigenous people all around the world have a similar right. system, just has different names. Mm-hmm. It's, it just has different names. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people get caught uh, up in the differences of these uh, nature-based spiritual systems rather than start paying attention to the similarities in them and more about what we have in common versus what we don't have in common and so that each one can teach one. But, you know, people, right. humans are humans a lot of times, I like to say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times humans are humans. <laughs> um, so... And talking about that, we've talked a little bit about the Orishas and bringing them up. So who are the Orishas? The the Orishas are the the embodiment of forces of nature. So uh, what our ancestors did um, is humanize these forces of nature. Uh, Sort of like if you ask a child, why uh, a child asks you, uh, why is it lightning outside? And so instead of going into, well, it's the, the, the atmosphere and the, I don't know what, where lightning comes from, the electric, electric in the sky, <laughs> whatever, whatever. They come up with these, these, mm-hmm. these people uh, uh, to, to humanize these energies so that people can better understand them. Uh, like giving them names like the energy of lightning would be uh, Shango, uh, the ocean, would be uh, Yemoja, and some people, depending on which lineage you come through, some people say the top of the ocean is Yemoja, the bottom of the ocean is Olakun, uh, uh, the river deity is uh, uh, Oshun, then you have Oya, who is representation of the wind, or the tornado, so it's, it was just a way for them to humanize these forces of nature that they would see on a continuous basis. And, and come up with mythology surrounded around these uh, these energies that they have given particular names and created this mythology. But then some people take this mythology to be something actual, like Eshu is represented uh, as, as the owner of the crossroads. Uh, but his one of his symbols is him standing there with his penis in his hand. Um, and then, you know, there are some people in the tradition that come out of like organized religion out of church or whatever, and they just take the dogma of the church and just put it into these Orisha traditions. And so they really think it's a little man standing at the crossroad with his pipe in his hand, ready to get you. I'm sorry. I was, was I not supposed to say that? Right. Um, okay. No, you can say whatever you want to say. Standing there ready to get you. And it's, and it's not like that. Then a European right. comes into Africa and they look at Eshu as the devil because he's called the trickster. But Eshu really represents mm-hmm. you being at a crossroad. Are, what choice are you going to make? Are you going to go left? Are you going to go right? Are you going to go forward? Which what direction are you going to go in? And so that's what it represents inside of you. 
But once you begin to understand that each one of us is a little piece of this energy that we have labeled as God, you are not disconnected from anything within this universe. So as is outside, as above, so below, what is inside of you is outside of you. So they just use these, they name these, these forces of nature and other things that they came across in their daily life through their studies and observation and created a mythology all around these things that they saw in nature. Mm, okay. So, um, but to my knowledge, the Orisha are, all, some Orisha are based off of real people that existed. Um, and there are stories, or are those stories based around the real people that existed? Like Shango was was a that's, person, correct? That's what they, yes, <laughs> that's what they say, that Shango was the king of Oyo, uh, and uh, he mm. was a king that never died. But, you know, through my research, uh, and, and probably somebody from Nigeria or somebody that has been a priest far longer than me could go, in more, go more in depth and be able to say uh, it was this person at this time, but uh, they would take, the, it's almost like how they, uh, in the Catholic Church, people did certain works and then they'd make them a saint. And now you have people praying to this saint. Mm. Uh, so the, mm-hmm. the, the king, Shango, uh, he, he had a history of being a warrior and strategist and all these things. So they took these attributes and added to this when they deified him uh, to, uh, right. make, uh, to, to make the mythology around him. But it's science and mythology within that mythology always, just like the mythology of the Bible, the mythology of the Quran, people have taken the mythology and made it actual, factual, and these things really happen, and they forget the science and a lot of the things that are, that they're actually reading. Mm, Okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. But essentially, Arishas are just (laughs) the forces of nature, (laughs) energy that we are. On a basic level, yes, forces of nature. Right. Basic level. Okay, yes, basic level. Got it. So I want to talk a little bit about our specific lineage because mm-hmm. it is not, you know, traditional Ifa, um, also known as Isheshe, and it's not, you know, Lukumi, um, and it's not Santeria, which are other kind of versions or stemmings from, from traditional Ifa. And so can mm-hmm. you just talk a little bit about our lineage, what it means and how we kind of found our way um, in the diaspora? Okay. Okay, so uh, I'm a priest in the organization OIDSI, the Obafemi Institute for Divine Study of Ifa. So uh, my godfather, my teacher, my luo is Obafemi Fayemi out of Houston, Texas. And so uh, a lot of times we call ourselves the traditional, uh, the non-traditional traditionalist because we take uh, we take Ifa as the base, the Yoruba people's practice of Ifa is the base. And then on top of that, we have taken in uh, our culture, the, our experience as uh, people of African descent living in America, taking our culture and placed it within Ifa, which, because if you study Ifa out of Yoruba land, Isheshe, uh, what happens is uh everything is rooted in their cultural experience. So, so now you take 
that that base and you move it to America and things have to shift and change and move to be adapted to us the same way when the Africans were enslaved in the Caribbean islands. In Trinidad, you have Shango Baptist, um, Puerto Rico, Cuba, you have Lucami, Santeria, uh, Brazil, Condomble. All, Ifa is actually the mother of all these traditions, even uh, Haiti, Voodoo, or Voodoo. These things uh, had to adapt for the grid that they were on. So we as America, Americans, Africans in America, we really, we really don't believe that we have a culture. And that's, you know, that's all that programming that's been done to us over the years of slavery. But so we try to recreate what it was being done in Africa. And that may not suit us very well for our experience here. So uh, uh, Baba Femi, ha, uh, my teacher, has sort of incorporated a thing where uh, we work Ifa in a way that suits us as African-Americans, if you want to use that term, so mm -hmm. that, you know, like I can, I can do a reading for somebody and I can see through particular odus that, okay, this, this person may have been abused as a child, whereas uh, sexually abused by their father or whatever, whereas another Babalao coming out of Nigeria may not see that because that's not necessarily part of their culture. Unfortunately, it's part of our culture. So uh, we have to adapt things for our experience on this grid. We are on a different grid. It's a different vibration here. Uh, so things have to be adapted for us the same way they landed on these shores and they use in, in Nigeria, they use a cola nut or what they call an obi to divine with. There's no cola nut over here. So what did the Africans do when they got here? They began to use the coconut to divine with. So this is, you have to adapt things. Some people, well, you don't change this, you don't change that. Anything that's not changing is dead. And the universe mm -hmm. is always expanding and always growing. So it has to be adapted for this day and time. So this is basically what we do in OIDSI. And some people say, well, you don't do that right. You don't do this right. The question is, does it work for you? Do you see the quality of your life changing? No, I did not say to pray in Yoruba. No, I did not say to pray in Spanish. I don't speak Yoruba. I don't speak Spanish. I speak English. <laughs> so you're telling me this, this energy that we call God only hears one language? No, mm -hmm. no, no, no. So this is, and, and let me say this, these, these are my thoughts. So it may be some priest and OIDSI who may not necessarily agree with me, but these are my thoughts. It may be other priests and other lineages that don't agree with what I'm saying, but this is how I feel. And I know what works for me. I know my godchildren, they know what works for them. And so this is what, this is how we have adapted it for our, this grid based on our experience and our culture in this country. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, hopefully I will. It makes a lot of sense. No, no, no. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that is a big part of what um, attracted me to this particular lineage because I felt, and I used to be a part of a Lukumi um, house, as some of my listeners may know. And I was like, you know, this doesn't feel like I'm definitely benefiting in certain ways, but it didn't feel culturally relevant to mm -hmm. me. 
And I never have been a part of an Isheshe house, um, but I, I, I think I've interacted, you know, in different Isheshe spaces mm-hmm. and um, which were mostly African-American based. And I still felt like um, there was this, I still felt disconnected in a way because that's not fully like my experience also as a black person <laughs> in this particular space in the States, in the United States. Um, and so for this OIDSI, I felt like, okay, this makes sense. Like it makes sense for this particular tradition to expand in this very particular mm-hmm. way. That's relevant to me. That's relevant to what we can use on this land. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like our ancestors took um, Ifa, you know, when they were on the boats and everything else and they brought it here and they carried it in their hearts and in their spirits and it had to change because they're in a different right. space. And so right. it has to, it has to continue to change because like you said, God has changed, <laughs> nature yeah. changes, everything is based in right. change. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, th- this is what kind of brought me to this particular space. Cause I was like, we need something for us. Cause I know just African-American people aren't just completely shut out from this practice. And I know the only way to access it is not just through, you know, traditional or through Lukumi, which right. are both fine. Right. Um, it, it's about what works for you. Right. And we will, in, 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 in our lineage, the Fayemi lineage, we will incorporate we just don't use, when you come to get a divination, we're not just using Odu. We're using mm-hmm. numerology. We're using mm-hmm. astrology. We're using mm-hmm. all these different modalities that just to find out who and why you're here and what yeah. healing work you may need to do. Um, in OIDSI, we have what is called a healing constitution. And because a lot of us are walking around with trauma, Emotional trauma, not just from our own lifetime, but our lineage's lifetime. So some Mm -hmm. of us have been have been sent here by our ancestors to do healing work to heal our lineages going back and going forward. And so Mm -hmm. other, you know, that's not to say Isheshe is not what it is and it's not good. It's not to say Lukami, Santeria, Condomble, Vundum, all these things are not good. That it's all it's all good. It, if it works for you, it's good for you. But you will have some people that once they start practicing quote unquote traditionally fa or Lukami Santeria, whatever, uh, they're not they're not gonna play gospel music at their ancestor altar. I better not sit at my altar on no Sunday and not play some gospel music. Okay, you seriously. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because uh, if it was not for the church, many of us would not be here right now. So I pay homage to what my ancestors went through and what they did to get us to this point. So yes, I will play some Hey Jacks. I'm playing some old school gospel at my altar. And some people, well, I don't eat, I don't eat this, that, and the other, da 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 da. You know, every now and then I'm gonna put some I'm gonna put some chitlins on some pig feet on my altar because that's what my ancestors ate. And some people, because it's really about the energy that you're given. So I'm taking the time to give you something that I know you liked. The same way my father's favorite meal was spaghetti and meatballs. And I'll put some spaghetti and meatballs on my altar if I'm trying to connect with that energy that, that, that energy that was my father in the physical, you know, so I know my mm-hmm. grandmother had a thing for chitlins, so I might put some chitlins mm-hmm. up there. You know, it's just, <laughs> but people get caught into the, the whole, 
like I said, people will take the dogma of organized religion, whether it be in Islam, whether it be in church and Judaism, and try to move it into these uh, these these nature-based spiritual system, systems. And it, it can't, and it can't it. because it's you're it. trying to put spirit in a box. What spirit mm-hmm. doesn't do this spirit? No, no. I try to. You, we are actually a finite mind trying to understand something that's infinite is almost virtually impossible. Can you really understand what it means to be everywhere and nowhere at the same time for something to have no beginning (laughs) and no end? Can we really fathom that? No. So don't try to put spirit in the box, whatever speaks to your soul and your spirit and, and trust and believe if you're doing something wrong, your ancestors, your Ori, your higher self is going to let you know, don't do that. We don't, like right that. <laughs> we don't like mm-hmm. that. We don't like that. We don't like that. Yes, he's, he's preaching. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Odoo because that keeps coming up and just kind of, can you give us a definition of what that means by using the Odoo? Okay. So the Odoo is uh, basically the oracle that spirit talks through. Um, so the Odu is like a binary code. It's a pattern. And so each one of these patterns has what they call uh, patikis that go with it, stories that go with it. Each Odu carries a particular energy. Um, the, the patikis that go with there are hundreds of patikis for each Odu. No one person. And what's a pataki? A pataki is the stories that, uh, the, the stories that, like if a particular Odu falls. So it'll be a story that goes with that Odu that explains. So if I ask a question, what is my, uh, this person comes and sits in front of me. What is the energy that is surrounding this person in this moment? And so a pattern will fall. And so I'm, I'm using these, I'm trying to get as basic as I can. Uh, a pattern will fall, which is combinations of light and dark. And so these patterns that fall, they carry a particular energy. They are, these patterns are, uh, sentient beings. And so each pattern has an energy that goes with it and a story to ex- to explain the energy. Uh, so you may have uh, this so-and-so, the client went to the Babalawa, the Babalawa divined because this person was having a problem at their job. And this is the Odu that fell. And so in, in that story, in that Pataki, it'll say, what the client went to the Babalao for, uh, and then what was the prescription that the, or the sacrifice or offering that needed to be made to fix the problem. And then the Pataki will also tell whether or not they made the sacrifice and what the outcome of the sacrifice was. And so over excuse thousands of years, uh, it's like they... they Anytime this, anytime this particular pattern fell, when you had this problem, uh, it became part of the, the Ifa corpus or the Odu corpus to uh, bring uh, healing or uh, to fix a problem, to shift the energy from Osobo, which some people, a negative term, Osobo, is the negative side to erase the positive side, using these terms loosely, um, to help the person that has come to see you okay so is it safe to well no i know the answer to this question no it's not safe to do that but maybe this will help bring some clarity to the odoo so could we think 
loosely of the Odu as a Bible. Could we do that? Uh, and in the story, and Patakis are like are the like verses the verses in the Bible. If, the verse like story, yeah, yeah. Oh, loosely, ah. very. <laughs> I know. Yeah, to, I know. <laughs> to put it in terms that made, yeah, okay. It was just for us, just for something familiar for people to okay. Like, okay, kind of like that. Kind of like that. So those that don't know, <laughs> if they wanted to think of something, it would be like the Bible. But you got to remember, this was an oral tradition. Nothing was written down. Right. So you have right. the, over the years. That's why they would the the. The Babalawas, as little boys, they would be taken, and, not taken, but uh, given to another Babalawa to learn uh, Odu, memorize. They had to memorize a certain amount of mm. Odus, um, know them by heart, uh, be able to understand them, know the prescriptions in them uh, before they can be considered a Babalawa that can do work for other people. Um, so, but... So, but it's only recently in the past 20, 30, 40 years or whatever that they've started writing down the Odoos, um, which is a good thing mm -hmm. because we don't, in America, we don't learn like that. Um, but I noticed that in Nigeria, they chant the Odoos because that's the way they memorize them. Like the same way most of us learned our ABCs by singing that song, A, B, C, D. Sometimes yeah. I can't even say my ABCs unless I sing that freaking song in my head. So, uh, <laughs> but this is, but you know, that's why they took them at such a young age because a child's mind is absorbing everything. So they memorize right. these patikis, they memorize the odus and the energies and all the things that go with it. So that, because it wasn't a written tradition it was all oral but now they're in books and most of us in america mm -hmm. once we become priest of ifa we are we live our lives we have nine to fives we have to go to school we have things we do uh so that mm -hmm. it's it's not many of us that can actually take the time to memorize the patikis or two patikis from every odu from the 256 odus uh, it's, it's, right. we just may not have the time to do it. So somebody, so now right. another, another, Babalao, whatever will come to me and see me open a book and look up a, oh, dude, they might go, ah, oh, you, you're not real. You have to look it up in a book and da, 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 da. Come on, man. Come on, man. I became a priest mm -hmm. when I was 40 some years old. <laughs> so, <Right>. <laughs> but that's, that's just me. And, and, that's I don't get into debates debates with other priests about how they work their ifa or their tradition. My main thing is: is it working for you? Is is your quality of life right. better? Is your family safe? Are your friends safe? Right. Are your clients expanding and growing? Are you expanding and growing? No, everything has to change. We're on a different day and time. Mm -hmm. You let me tell mm -hmm. you. You let me have been. Uh, when my son was born and he gets about five or six years old and I say, I'm not going to send you to school. What you're going to do is you're going to go over here and study with this priest and you're going to learn old do. Man, social service will be knocking on my door. Why is your child not in school? <laughs> I'm about to say, you can't eat. That's illegal. You see what I'm saying? So this is a, this is a different day and time. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit. Well, no, let me speak to how powerful the Odoo is because I have never felt so red, seen any, like just the fact that you were saying when you went to Baba Femi for the first time and you said like, you, you could, you knew all of that just from that chain. That's how I feel every time I go to you and get a reading like you. So you know exactly what I'm going through right now. You know, the things that have happened to me that I have not talked to you about. Like you're able to see uh, the energy that's around me, like down to are you messing with somebody right now who doing this thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how you know that? Like, it is so amazing. I just, if for the people who are listening, who have never interacted with, um, this tradition in this way. I mean, you just, I just feel like you just got to do it because it, it is amazing. Just the power and the information that just our ancestors put together for us to be able to use in this way. It is like, we really have a roadmap. Like we have a map to be able to walk in alignment with our destinies. And there's so, again, there's so many different maps depending on what, you know, cultural whatever culture you're from or whatever tradition but for me you know engaging in this particular one it's like damn we actually aren't out here with nothing right like (laughs) spirit gave us something (laughs) that we can use and i'm so grateful i'm so grateful when the the reading comes down like that i always we always say we thank you for because i am nothing more than uh as a priest a tool or vessel to translate what spirit is saying because there have been times mm. when the the Odoo will speak something because the chain is not I was the chain is never wrong. The only thing that can be wrong is my interpretation of what the chain is trying to say. So if I see a lot of stuff about childbirth and I start talking about, yo, you about to have a baby, you and you now I'm celibate. So the chain wasn't wrong. The chain was just trying mm-hmm. to say you needed to give birth to something, whether it may have been a mm-hmm. a book, an idea, a business or whatever. So to eliminate those things, uh, I try to ask questions. Like if I see a lot of energy surrounding a father, mm-hmm. I might ask you, what is your relationship with your father? Whereas uh, in traditional Isheshe, what they will do is they will just start chanting Pataki. And so the Odu falls and they'll just start chanting the Patakis, uh, chanting Odu. And then you you would say, okay, that's what my problem is. And but then if if they could go all day chanting, and if that's not your problem, then they'll chant some more until they pinpoint your problem. Now it is in that oh do somewhere. You just have they just have to be able to find it. So there's ways that in uh, through my teachings from my Luo to look at the Odu without having to look at a pataki, understanding that this particular Odu brings this energy. So if you have the Odu that falls, let's say Osa Idi, what is the energy of Osa going to meet the energy of Idi? What does that bring? So you would need to understand what the energy of Osa is and what the energy of Idi is. And so without even having to look at a book, I already know something about you. Just simply from knowing that mm-hmm. at times the Odu ED it's Yemoja comes through this Odu. So it's going to have something to do with mothering. If it's in a place of Osobo or, or in a place of blockages, you're holding on to old hurts and pains. But this may not be something that other lineages are able to see in that way. And then on top of that, I'm looking at your numerology. 
I'm looking at, do you have any karmic debt that shows up? Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm, going to use any modality that we can, because it's really about, uh, are you uh, um, about expanding and growing and bringing you to a place of healing? Uh, We just use all different kinds of modalities. Some people say that no chakra, you don't work chakras really far. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, we do. Because you may, you know, you, you may have, you know, you start seeing a lot of Ogun energy coming up. Uh, the the uh, Orisha Ogun energy, Ogun represent is a representation of your heart, and uh, so you may have a problem with your heart chakra. Just different things. Each Orisha goes to particular uh, chakras within your body, but you know, some people don't they they don't go with that. But the main thing is, mm-hmm. are you helping your client? Are you helping yourself? Are you helping your family and bringing them to a place of healing and a place of understanding about why they're going through this process right now? Because sometimes we rode in on some craziness. If you got a, a karmic 19-1 life path, you abuse your power. <laughs> So in this life, in another lifetime, so in this lifetime, more than likely you're going to experience abuse somewhere. So immediately I know this person may have been Mm -hmm. abused, but Mm -hmm. you you have to use, if it's really about the person that's sitting before you trying to get them to a place of healing, because if they're, if they're coming to see you, if they're coming to see the priest, it's, 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 it's a problem usually in their life and they're trying to figure it out or they're at a crossroads and they need confirmation that they're going in the right direction. And that's why they're there. So I'm going to use whatever modality that I know and understand or somebody bring something else up. If it works, I'm going to use it. Right. Right. So I actually, I was going to ask a little bit about that. And um, cause I've never interacted. I mean, until being in this lineage, obviously I was not getting readings that were incorporating numerology and like, life past stuff and karmic debt like that was the first time I was like oh that's part of you fine like now I'm realizing like it's it's more so part of this lineage but it all links up and makes sense it's all a part of a the grid <laughs> it's all a part of a map that can help explain what's happening in my life so I'm just wondering how um if you know like how this particular lineage sort of got to that process of using those other tools to be able to explain what Ifa also is communicating so uh Baba Femi, uh, through his studies and different, you know, he started out uh, uh, studying under Doc Ben um, uh, with the whole uh, Kemet and different things like that, understanding Egypt. And then they say, you know, uh, Egypt was a system in its totality. And when the invaders came, the priests of different modalities went in different directions. The priest of Ifa, the divination, they went to the West. Uh, the priest of uh, meditation, Tantra, different stuff like they went to the East. That's why those things are prevalent in those different places. So we try to take all these different modalities and bring them all back together to try to get people to a place of understanding and, and healing within their world. And so I'm not the greatest numerologist in the world. I'm not the greatest astrologist in the world. I'm, I'm not even the greatest Iwo in the world. But I have enough understanding to be able to uh, 
to be able to help the people that come and sit before me. And I always remain in a place of humility when I do what I do, because I know I'm just, I'm just a tool or a vessel that's being used to deliver this message. This person's ancestors sent them to me for a reason. So I need to figure out why this person is coming to see me. Mm -hmm. So Baba Femi, mm -hmm. in his studies, he recognized, you know, that numerology works. He has uh, uh, one of his god brothers, Shango, Baba Shango Dare, uh, he's a master numerologist. So before, you know, the, just these different people with different skills come together to make things happen. So that's the way we train the priest in, in, our, in OIDSI, so that we're going to use numerology, we're going to use astrology, we're going to use chakra energy. And then depending on what's going on, I will send somebody to a Lucami Santeria priest because they are really knowledgeable and have a deep, deep understanding of that energy of uh, the the ancestor energy of negative spirits, negative energy where they will do misas and jokos and things like that. That I'm I'm humble enough to say, yo, I. I don't, I, I don't get down with that completely. You know what I'm saying? Not my lane. Yeah, I, it's, it's not my lane. So I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to send you to a Lucami priest, <laughs> a Santeria priest, because that's what they do, <laughs> you know? Right. So, but right. it's right. all, it, it's really about priests being humble enough to say, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is out of my lane. So I'm right. going to send you somewhere where you can get what you need, because that's what it's really about. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about the client. It's about mm -hmm. the healing. It's about us walking in alignment. And again, it's about what works. Right. <laughs> what, what works. What works for the person. Because a lot yeah. of it, what, what people don't realize, a lot of these, these mental health issues that we are seeing um, is really rooted in, you may have an ancestor that needs to be appeased. You may have some Ooh. energy walking with you that may need to be appeased. And you have Ooh. some women or, or people that are walking around here and, and seeing dead people that they don't know what to do with it. And then, you know, you start getting into the, that's not saying there's not real mental health issues out there. No, no, no. I know. I talk right. about but this. I talk about this. There are people show. that are walking around with their grandmother screaming in their ear and they can't figure out why they're hearing voices. Exactly. And no one has, they're hearing right. No one has cultivated <laughs> this in them. So now they walk exactly. sitting in a psychiatrist's office and they just filling them with drugs. <laughs> Mm -hmm. when they needed a Misa. <laughs> Look, I talk about this all the time. Yes, I'm so glad you got to that. Mm. Preaching. Wow. Um, let's see. I kind of went through all my questions, but is there anything that you think that people need to know like about this particular tradition before sort of interacting with or people who are like I don't know if I'm, I'm or I'm scared or I don't know if this is for me like what sort of advice would you give to people who are just thinking about or feel attracted to the tradition or feel attracted to specific Orisha what's sort of the next steps that you think folks should take um one of the things uh, the people that are scared uh is is to enslave a people <laughs> You first got to make them believe what they were doing is not good. So the 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 European did their job in having us scared of uh, our tradition and things that we did. So there's is is really nothing to fear. But then some people fear the unknown. I, I heard uh, David Banner 
he made a post the other day and he said, he said, if you're walking in fear, what you should do is find something you don't understand and master it because you're fearing something that you don't know anything about. Now, at least uh, be courageous enough to explore and find out. Now, granted, there are anything for good can be used for bad. Uh, the same way, you know, that Bible was used to enslave people. But there are people who I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm happy they found the church because I, I know. Sure. Some, yeah, I, I know some straight killers. It'd be some more dead brothers and sisters in the street if they had not found white Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. So, you know, you you got to you got you got to do what works for you. But there's nothing to be scared of here. Yes, there are people that will take this these the, the knowledge of how to move and maneuver, move and maneuver energy and, and can cause you some harm. But there are more good people than bad people. So just take the time uh, uh, to, to do some research. And because you're not disconnected from anything in this universe, when you ask the question, it's like the universe has an obligation to give you an answer. Because what has happened is organized religion has taught us to look outside of ourselves so that we forget that each one of us is a little piece of this energy we call God having a physical experience. Because I've come to the conclusion that until we have this experience, God only knows things, certain things in theory. So for us, for that energy to know itself in its totality, mm. it has to create its opposite. If it is spirit and energy, its opposite is going to be physical. So in theory, God does not know what it feels like to be hated. God does not know what it feels like to be abused. Like you tell a child, yo, don't touch the stove. The stove is hot. How does a child know what hot is until it touches it and experiences hot? So each one of us is a little piece of this energy we call God having this physical mm -hmm. experience. But organized religion mm -hmm. has, uh, uh, and, and I say organized religion, y'all know what I mean when I, right. Uh, has, has, has taught us to get away from and not trust that God energy that each one of us have the ability to create things with your words, the ability to shift and move things with your thinking within yourself. So explore, I tell people explore, ask questions. It's nothing wrong with asking a question. And then you will come across the people in different lineages and different traditions that'll say, oh, you cannot know that. Oh, that's too much, da da da, da. Yo, man, um, the first time I saw Baba Femi, this, 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 I was sitting in a crowd and this man said, unfortunately, we are the descendants of slaves. We have earned the right to ask a question. <laughs> so if I can't ask, if I, if I okay. can't ask you a question, I'm not, I, I, I can't rock with you. I, I just can't. I, I can't. Cause if I can't, if you can't tell me or at least be able to say, you know what, brother, I don't know, but you know what? I'll try to find out and get back to you, or I can send you to this person that knows what you're talking about. But if I can't ask you a question right. and get an answer, right. I'm sorry, I can't rock with you. It's, it's that simple. I just can't do it. Right. Right. Whew. 
Goodness. Okay. So for people who are interested, research, do your research. I tell people when they ask me, I want to get into um, a research tradition. I just say, get a reading. <laughs> just go get a reading. Just take your ass to the mat and see what the ancestors got to say. See what the spirits got to say. Because um, I just feel like that's the way that you learn. And of course, you know, with the fear, like you said, asking questions, kind of immersing yourself in it, looking up a little bit of stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. And and trusting it because the spirit, your ancestors is not going to lead you wrong. You just got to no. make sure you're listening to them. But they're not going to lead you down no wild path. They're just no. not. No. And so that's, you know, now you might end up down a wild path. For but, sure. But, oh, you need, but it's because you need a lesson. You, you, you hard-headed. Because so you wasn't listening to the ancestors. <laughs> right. Because, you know, it's just like your, your, your mama tell you, don't, don't go out in that street. Don't, but you keep running down in the street. You keep, are you running across the yard? Don't, don't stop running. You're going to trip and fall and you keep running. Eventually you're going to say, all right, go ahead, bust your ass. Go ahead. <laughs> I done told you, go ahead. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, but even people that are trying to come into this tradition, because they will say the Orisha tradition, even within Ifa, the most important Orisha is your Ori. No, you could, you could sacrifice a million goats the Shango, Eshu, Ogun, whatever. And if your ancestors, the bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, DNA of your DNA, don't sanction it, or your Ori, your higher self, doesn't sanction it, it cannot happen. Yeah. It, it will not happen. So before you, once you come in, before you get to focusing on, oh, I'm a child of Shango, I'm a child of Oshun, I'm a child of Yemonja, da 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 da, focus on your Ori. Focus right. on that your that energy that goes with you everywhere and is trying to keep you on the path to fulfilling your destiny and doing what you came here to do, to have the mm-hmm. experience that you came here to have and to heal you from whatever emotional hurts that you may have from your childhood. Because there's a lot of grown people walking around here that's making decisions from the little boy or little girl that was inside that that's still inside of them that needs to be healed, such as men that have to have multiple women. I guarantee you there was some nurturing he did not get. Now, that's a, that's a whole nother topic. That's a, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, because we're not going to get into, I mean, polygamy is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, But that's, you know, that's a But I know thing. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you understand what yeah, I'm saying. What saying. It's, it's, it's different mm-hmm. things like these women who tend to find uh, men, men that abandon them. I'm going automatically, what, what was the relationship like with your father? How did your father make you feel? Because it's all about getting you to a place of healing and understanding so that you don't do what organized religion has taught us to do, to look outside Abraham. of ourselves for healing and blame that, oh, the devil made me do it. No, I ain't no devil make you do a damn thing. You know you mm-hmm. know you weren't supposed to mess with that raggedy dude, but you did it anyway. So, <laughs> so Are you talking to me? No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm... I'm you know, people come to me for reading. Sometimes I can, I'm real straightforward. I'm direct to the point. But you sure if you knew, if, if if you knew my life, you knew how I was raised and different things like that. I'm not here for no play play. I'm, it's just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get right to, to the point. And, you know, I'll say things and some people will be offended because people feel like a priest is supposed to be, oh, oh, oh. no, man, come on, man. <laughs> 
And that's what I really appreciate about you. When I first got my first read, I was like, oh, he's a regular dude. Like, okay, I can actually talk to him about, I feel comfortable talking to him about what's really going on in my life because you, you are very humble and you show up just like I'm talking to just a regular person. Like you just, but you are, you have studied something that I need help interpreting and that's what you do. And that's what you do for your clients and that's what you do for your godchildren. So I'm so grateful for you that's and just how you show up and being straight to the point because that's what I need. I don't need no foo-foo, nothing. I don't need to walk beating around the bush. Like, yeah. I don't have time. And you yeah. always say, like, you ain't come here to play. And I really didn't come here to play. And, and, and so many of us didn't. That is so real because, you know, uh, I asked I asked my Lua, I said, hey, man, and this is the way I, this is the way I talk, you know. Hey, man, mm-hmm. what if you see death <laughs> in there anywhere? And, you know, mm-hmm. he was, uh, well, you know, I try to find a way to let them know that this is going to happen, that's going to happen, da 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 And his readings are exquisite, like mm-hmm. on a whole nother level, because he also himself is channeling at the same time. Your mm-hmm. ancestors are talking to him while the, the chain is talking. Your, your great-grandmother is in his ear hollering, tell this fool this. Tell right. this fool that, you know. And so uh, me... I told him, I said, look, man, you see death in there for me. I need you. Don't beat around no bush. I need you to say, dude, <laughs> if you don't change, you're going to die. That's the way I need to hear it. And some people, yeah. you know, because when I first started doing readings, it was, you know, or, um, you know, I, some people said I needed to work on my delivery or whatever. And then I had a senior <laughs> priest say to me, nah, the people that need to hear it the way that you give it, spirit is going to send them to you. And that's, that's what I get. People that are similar just to me, because we all are a reflection of each other. So if somebody's coming to me, I know they're not looking for no sideways business. I'm going to tell you straight up. In my own language, sometimes I might even say, yo, man, you fucking up, right? I might mm-hmm. say I might say it just like that. You fucking up for real. You don't come here three mm-hmm. times. And basically, I've told you the same thing over and over again. And I've been nice about it. But now... It's, it's an, your, your people are not having this. You need to change some things. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what wakes people up. That's what, that's what, what that's what got me on a path. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Like <laughs> I got you. I'm changing. And my life has honestly shifted in a really powerful way. Obviously I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. I say this all the time, but it really like, let me tell you, these readings have got me together. So I'm just so grateful for you. I'm thankful for Ifa. I'm thankful for my ancestors, the Orisha, and, and all the spirits that talk through you for you studying this because, I mean, got me together. So if you want to get got together, Baba, how could people reach out to you who are ready to just, you know what, I'm ready to make a change? How would they get a reading? Okay, so my number is 757 757- Seven one four nine one four three. I'm in the uh, Tidewater area of Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia Beach. So if you're out there, you can come sit on the mat, but you can call me. I do readings over the phone. Uh, That's what yeah. I do. And then, and then if you want more hands-on, OIDSI is, uh, you know, uh, an organization with well over 500 members around the world. So we have ELAs in New York. Baltimore, Atlanta, Houston, LA, Oakland, Seattle, Ohio. So I can always put you in touch with someone. Or if you if you get with me and you like, I'm not rocking with this dude, I have no problem referring you to another Babalao. I have no problem yeah. with that. My ego, mm-hmm. I, well, yeah, I'm Shango. 
I can't have an inflated ego <laughs> at times, but it's, it's about humility. So I'm humble enough to say, I can't help you. I don't know, but here's somebody that may be able to help you. And if, yeah. if that, if I can't get to that, I'm always going to uh, refer you back to my Luo, who is the man to me. <laughs> and you, mm-hmm. you, 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 you've been to Houston, so you know how we roll in Houston. We, we, we have a good time, but when it's time to do work, we do that work and it works. Right, right, right. It does work. It does work. Um, so do you prefer people text you? Do you prefer a call? What do you prefer? Uh, I prefer a call because I'm not big on texting. I'm old school, 50 years okay. old. Okay. Uh, all that, just too much. All that, <laughs> too much. And then if you send me a long, drawn-out text, I'm, I'm going to pick up the phone and call you anyway. Yo. <laughs> What, yes, you, what you are will. you trying to say right here? <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> you, you know, will. people will put their own energies on those words. So I, I need to hear your voice. I need, you know, talk to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people can reach out to call my bye-byes and say, you know, I heard about you on Little Juju Podcast and ready to get scheduled reading. And Okay. Okay. Anywhere and else should people email or just phone is fine? Uh, uh, they can, they can email me at, uh, Awo.ifaleye. I got such. I need to shorten my goddamn email. <laughs> I have problems remembering my own email address. Uh, it's awo a w o dot ifaleye i f a l e y e dot fayemi f a y e m i dot awoyade a w o y a de at gmail.com uh, more information you can uh check out the oidsi website obafemi.org that's right slip my mind for a minute obafemi.org all of that will be in the show notes as well so y'all don't have to, if you missed it I, okay. you will be able to access that um but thank you so much Baba. this was great this was i learned stuff i know my listeners learned stuff it was great to talk to you i always think you're just so funny and great to talk to anyway so this, this was good. i really really appreciate you i really do and i appreciate you having me but you know this is like my first uh thing I've ever done like this mm-hmm. and you know so I hope I wasn't rambling using or, or you know no. uh, I tried to keep it as basic as I can because you know I'm still learning myself I'm learning something every day and I'm humble enough to say that I am still learning mm-hmm. yes there are babas out there that are far more knowledgeable than me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I feel like your ancestors and your ori sent you to me for a reason mm-hmm. so I do what I do do it how I do it and when I'm wrong, trust and believe, my ancestors will put a spiritual foot clean <laughs> up my behind if necessary. <laughs> Thank you, Baba. All right. You have a good one as well. All righty. Goodbye. <laughs> Wasn't that a great interview? I just want to give another shout out to my Baba for um, taking some time out of his busy schedule to be on a Little Juju podcast. Big, big, big shout out to... Mariah and my new on-call audio engineer of the podcast, Royal. So Royal actually edited the interview uh, with Baba today because the platform that um, I used, it was just, it was so out of sync, y'all. It was bad. So Royal came through real quick, quick turnaround, pieced it together, got it together, 
And so to be able to put something together that was succinct and, and that was nice sound quality for y'all today. So huge shout out to him and huge shout out to Mariah for putting and coordinating um, that and putting that all together for us. I'm, I'm so, so appreciative of you. And again, see, this is why the donations to the podcast matter because now I'm able to have someone who can help me do that, that work, the, the engineering work, which is work that is not, that is not one of the gifts that the ancestors gave me. And that's fine. That's fine. It's not the gifts that they gave me. So when you pay um, me for the podcast, I get to pay other black people to help me with the work. And then our money just gets to stay, you know, in, in our community. So that feels really good. Um, cause Mariah is a listener to the show. And she said, I said, I needed assistance and she reached out and then boom on Facebook and boom. So here we are. So big shout out to them again. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed the show again. And if you want to reach out to me on the social medias, you can find me on Instagram, I-T-S-J-U-J-U-B-A-E. I'm it's Jujube on Instagram. I'm Jujube on Facebook. Uh, my website is uh, it's jujubay.com. That's where you can book a reading. You can also reach out to me um, and send me a message there. You can also email me at thejujubay at gmail.com for any kind of speaking engagements you want me to be a part of, any sort of general questions that you might have for me, etc., etc., media requests. All of that can go to thejujubay at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you all so much. I'm sending so much love towards you and I appreciate all the love that you all send me consistently. May everything that you touch come to life and come to light if you want the same from me and mine. And remember, all you need is a little juju. (laughs) Later, y'all.